As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. Hey everybody, this is Craig Custance, your friendly host of The Athletic, co-host of The Athletic Hockey Show on Tuesdays, coming to you on a Monday because Sean Gentili, happy Canadian Thanksgiving, my friend. We are subbing for the Canadians because that's the kind of teammates we are. You know what the best solution for a case of Mondays is? <laughs> yeah. Make it a Tuesday, bro. <laughs> Make it a Tuesday. Oh, we are loaded up today on the show. We are second segment is oh man, Dom Luschizen. I didn't Dom Luschizen. Say it with me, Sean. Oh, my God, dude. Luschishin. Luschishin. His name is Dom Luschishin. Here's how I feel, though. I feel like I'm saying it right, and you and Dom. And, and Dom is saying and Dom it is, Like, when when Vanilla Ice was like, I went dun 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 <laughs> and Yeah. It, it was he really was right. dun 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 He was right. That's how Dom I feel Luz about Dom Luschishin yes. is a statistician. Yes. And he's also our second guest. We, we are going to go over a project that's coming out this week at The Athletic uh, that Dom and Sean played major parts in putting together another. It's, it's going to be a se- almost a season-long unveiling. Really good stuff. That's mm-hmm. segment two. We're going to also get in today we, the staff predictions for our kind of the culmination of our season preview, even though the season has already started, uh, where we have Stanley Cup picks. Sean and I are going to get into that. A little bit and make our predictions um but we do want to acknowledge the news that surfaced over the weekend uh tampa bay lightning have suspended defenseman ian cole after allegations surfaced of sexual grooming and sexual uh, assault invi- involving a minor in high school um just i mean sean obviously i think tampa bay doing the right thing while this is being investigated um 
well, a lot of these allegations are being investigated. Right. Terrible. And, I mean, just another of the heaping pile of culture issues, terrible news to emerge with the NHL. I, I mean, and I'm not trying to bring people down on a Monday, but the, this is a reality. We have to deal with it. We have to cover it. Well, like when you, and, and really, there's not much we can say about it because it's under investigation and it's, you know, there's a lot there. But w- what jumped out to you when this emerged? Well, I have. I think you kind of hit on something like we're at the point now where these, where this stuff is happening with such frequency that mm-hmm. you try to learn something from it. Like you try to pull out a lesson. You try to have a, a point where you can say something other than just like this is horrible, you know, disturbing stuff. Call like major issues with hockey culture and whatever. Right. All these like things that we hear constantly after years and years of not talking about them. I'm not saying they shouldn't be talked about, but like. With each kind of new one, you're like, okay, what can we, is there something to learn here? And for me, the, the Ian Cole thing, and I guess credit to the Lightning in some respect, at least publicly, for you know making a decision and, and kind of sticking with it yesterday to suspend him indefinitely. I, the thing that stuck with me, and, it, and this is bubbled up periodically, it bubbled up with Semyon Varlamov, it bubbled up with Slava Voinov in, in past years. The fact that the NHL does not have a domestic violence policy is still just something. It's always been tough to get over. It's always been tough to parse. And I think that specifically is the thing that's kind of on my mind uh, today. Right. For this one. Right. Because, again, it's just like, what what can you say about this beyond that other than than this is horrible? Yeah. I mean, you start, you immediately, you're your mind goes to the, you know, victims in these cases, as always, like, right? Like, that's, you know, that's where it starts. And you're like, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's brutal. And you're right. Not, then it, then it's like, okay, what's, how, what's the process here? And it's always this kind of like, it's going to be investigated. And then Gary Bettman decides. And yeah, we, like, uh, great. Can we, okay. There's got to be a better, more systematic. Him. Yeah, He's get, the guy yeah. that's going to, that's going to make the decision here. Great. And maybe if things happen in the past where we're like, oh, it seems like the league always does the right thing on this front, or the, the, you know what I mean. But the, the I mean, track they record is too much great. credit. Like I would, I honestly wish I would have phrased that differently when I was talking about the Lightning. Honestly, like, like so whatever. Good for the Lightning for not letting him play, I guess, or or showing some kind of, you know, ju- being judicial with it in 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 one way or another. Like, okay, that's yeah. the bare minimum we can expect out of anybody. So whatever, no no credit there. No extra points. But we're still having the same conversation that we had about Slava Voinov five years ago. He's accused of heinous acts by his partner at the time. I can't remember mm-hmm. whether she was his fiance or his, or, his, or his wife. Horrible, horrible, horrible accusations. And he didn't have a policy back then. And we saw what happened in the wake of that because when you leave these teams to their own devices, they're going to do something horrible more, more often than not. That's cer- certainly has, is, is true in the past. And maybe that's the hope. Like maybe that's where things things are going to get better moving forward. That's that's what we've got to cross our fingers and pray happens. Is that teams at least do the right things now? Because you look at past instances of of, of intimate partner violence, it was botched by right, these teams. That's like right, that's right. consistently. Yeah. And there were and there was no NHL guardrail. There was no league oversight. There was no mandated process. Or anything, they've doubled down in the past on, I believe, like aware, like uh, education for players, like in, in the in the league and when when they enter the league and all that stuff. Like that's been their that's been their you know catch all sort of here's here's what we're doing to fix it. But there's there's no league policy, and we have seen again time and time again where left to their devices, more often than not, these teams do the wrong thing. Right. And that's what I like. Look at look at what the Kings did with Slava Voinov. Look at what Dean Lombardi did mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. He, he tried to let him practice. Yeah. Like, and that's what happens when you don't have a league, a capital L league, like a league office that doesn't seem to give that much of a shit about any of this. Is you leave is you leave teams to their own devices, and it's a cutthroat sport, and it's run by freaks, and all they're all they're trying to do is win as many hockey games as possible. That's it. That's pro sports that's the way it goes so when you leave these teams to their own devices like of course they're going to make bad decisions right. they can't be trusted right. 
So you need to have something at the at the top level in place to at least make sure that, you know, again, the lightning seems based on the little bits of public information we have, it seems like they're they're handling it right. We'll see if that we'll see if they, you know, carry that out. But it, man, it's just, it's unbelievable to me that we're having the same discussion here that we had about Slava Voinov in 2017 or 2018 or whatever it was. It's psychotic. And that is the first thing that I thought of this morning with Ian Cole yep. or last night. No, you're spot on. And the only thing I would add is, it, you know, the, it starts with the NHL, but I think the PA, I, we, we should probably hold them to the fire too, because yeah, I don't know absolutely. what they're like. Absolutely. This should be a joint effort between the players association and the league and everybody should like, this should be something where it's like, Hey, we're all, we're all working together to make this better. And well, cause it's, it's every, every entity, whether it's the league, whether it's the teams, whether it's the PA, they're all solely focused on. Right. Their constituents right. and the and, and the people they serve. The league is focused on owners. Teams are focused on on the roster, and the players are focused on the the, the PA is focused on the players. Right, and that's the frustrating thing is that like you can consistently see, and I'm not even, I'm not even talking about Ian Cole specifically. Yeah. this is just a blanket vibe with the way that with the way this thing is treated. You never get the idea that anybody involved. When you as you go up the food chain, gives any sort of shit about any of this. It doesn't seem like anybody cares. Right. And this is the same discussion we've been having for again uh, for God knows how long. As long as I've been in this business, this has been a thing yep. for like for the NHL. And we're way down the pike now with all this other shit that's gone on. All these other like like people figuring out whether it's a come to Jesus like reckoning moment for the sport or the, or the league right. or whatever. All these like high-minded, like maybe this is it kind of discussions that happens, and but then something happens like yesterday with Cole, and you and you can tell that nothing's changed because we we had to sit there and wait for the team to suspend it, and that's it. Yeah. Yep, and and it's it's like somebody with the Hockey Canada stuff shared some like stories that went back decades where it was like this is the moment hockey. You know, you talk about like the hockey's reckoning. It was like that's. This is going to be the moment that changes, and then it's like, oh yeah, since that story published in the you know Globe and Mail in 1994, a yeah. million terrible things have happened. Until there's some systemic guardrails put in place that don't seem to exist right now, they right. don't. I mean, and, we don't and, have to- and this is happening in concert with what we saw in the Hockey Canada hearings last week, which you know they went up and made a mess of it again and said all sorts of heinous shit. In front, in front of Parliament, right, right. I mean, right. Yeah. Like, yeah, my, yeah. no, no. <laughs> just reading this, going, what is happening? Like, what, like, what, like, the what light bulb? Planet, Who's going to turn the lights on? Like, oh, where, where these, yeah, yeah. where, where, the, where this is these people's reaction right, to, right, to this stuff, right? And the only reason any of it changed, I know I talked talked about this on the Friday show because it was even fresher at that point. Yeah. But the only reason any of this shit changed is because the plug got pulled on the money, and there's like plenty of problems with that because you have. Corporate sponsors, big time corporate sponsors, Canadian Tire, Tim Hortons, like all these yeah. like pillars of the youth hockey community are pulling funding from Hockey Canada, which is like a total catch twenty two because that was the only way this shit was ever going to change. But there's also so much collateral damage by these companies doing that, whether it's like whether it's like right. youth programs right. or whatever. Like, kids like, can't play there's or an element yeah, where yeah. the baby is getting thrown out with the bathwater, but also like I don't know how else. You would have forced these shameless freaks out of their jobs. So, and, and all that's being been treated last week like it was a come to Jesus, like watershed moment. Like this is it. This is the pivot point. And it's like, what? Like what have what has ever happened in the in the recent history of this sport to make you believe that that's that that might be the case? It's crazy. We're doing it. We're having the same conversation every couple years where it's like, ah, yeah, maybe maybe this will change. In in fairness, like this is so big and at a governmental level, and it's like this is this is this is the scope and scale of it is larger than anything we've dealt with before. But at the same time, like it's demoralizing and it's it's disheartening to see like this discussion kind of take a different form. Like every two years, it seems like yeah, and nothing ever gets done and nothing ever changes. Maybe you can if you don't want to appeal to doing the right thing. Maybe it is money. Maybe it's just, you know, it's sponsors pulling it. out. It's saying, hey, it. you know, it actually makes good business sense to have a, a policy in place because fans 
want that. Like the fans are sick of this. They don't want to support and a sport or like go dude, cheer on a team or a league that continually steps in it or whatever. It doesn't only, do the right that thing. That is the only reason to think that this that this might there might be some real actual long term change being enacted here because companies are realizing that it doesn't make financial sense for them to carry on business with people who behave in this way at like at like a at an organizational you know, uh, systemic, yeah. systemic kind of level. So maybe, so maybe that's the change, but it's like, we're talking about the same shit now that we were five years ago, basically. And I'm glad that like people are being held accountable for it. And I'm glad that like there's a light being shined on it. I'm glad that at least publicly there seems to be more people who give a shit about the victims in, yeah. in this, yeah. in, in this sort of situation. Like that's the bright side is that, is that Hopefully these people now realize that they have some level of support that they wouldn't have had five years ago because God knows that it is not coming from the league and it's not coming from the powers that be. Just is. Yeah. Sean, there's really no good way to transition <clears throat> from that conversation yeah. Anyways, to talking about. When is that? When is uh, regular? I guess it already started. How about that? Here's what I'm going to do. If we want to get into predictions, which we, you know, we launched that today. We'll do that in segment three. Uh, let's take a break here because and let's let people do. Let's, let's listen to then let you know you do Santa Claus on an ad read or something for a second, <laughs> and uh, it, and we'll be right back yeah. with Dom because Dom's really good and it was a really fun discussion in segment two. He's fine. He was fine. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to this is the segment we've all been waiting for for mm-hmm. years. You could even say, mm-hmm. yeah, some of us months. We are we at mm-hmm. the Athletic are about to drop a, a project that we basically stole from Joe Posnanski, who did the top 100 baseball players of all time. He wrote it beautifully, turned it into a book. It was it was just a work of art. It was done by somebody who knows and loves the sport and cares about it. Um. You know, like all good Americans, and and it was great, and so it, and it created debate, and it was fun, and we're like, oh, we should just do this in every sport at the athletic, and it's now the NHL's turn. We are going to be unveiling starting what, Sean? Do you know any of the details? Because I don't. Uh, tomorrow. Sorry, <laughs> right. I actually do. Starting tomorrow because today's a holiday. <laughs> you know why? A fictitious you know why? holiday. I know. Yeah. You know why I know? Because some of us actually had to deal with this shit. That's right. Some of us Unlike did. You. I volunteered to write one to get denied. <laughs> Ian's like, we're, no, we're sir. all set. Uh, buddy, no, you don't get to do Lidstrom. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. I tried. So we, are, so we are launching our NHL 99 project where we count down the top 100 players of all time in the NHL. Uh, and what made this great was we, our staff voted on it. And we have, you know, people with an analytics background, which we'll get to. I'm making Dom wait really long before saying anything here. Oh, it's fine. Um, we have people that are in the like Hall of Fame, like Eric Duhatchik, who has seen every single player on the list. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I I can vouch for this absolutely. Yeah, it's post it's post Gordy Howe. It's post Gordy Howe, right? So we, we put in some rules in place, and and everybody voted, and it made it's it made for a list that's unlike really like I've any I've ever seen because of these results and because of like people like Sean Gentili who tipped the scales for mm-hmm. uh, the way he voted. Like, <laughs> oh, wait, like don't we get to that one, my friend? Who like <laughs> leaves a team out of the, his top twenty five? So we're now joined by Dom Luschizen. Did I? I tried. Nope. No, 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 no. Come on, Greg. Luschizen. That's a seasoned vet right oh, there. That's oh, oh my gosh, guys, I was, you guys are acting like I was way off. You were way off. It wasn't correct. For, it was for, for someone who's known me for uh, 
I've known you longer than anybody on this call. And uh, Sean, and you got it wrong. I tried though, brother. If you're if you're not if you're not first, you're last. So Dom is. Did you you wrote the first one? So so just to give you some even more how the sausage was made. A long debate, a lot of voting, a lot of revoting, um, numbers being calculated, and then we divvied up the work. Like who, who you, instead of one person writing every single story, the staff divvied it up, got to pick who they wanted. And Dom is going, he he wrote one of the first ones that's going to come out. I don't want to give anything away, but I guess we're going to have to for the- Okay, yeah, we, yeah, need, yeah. To, we need to figure out. He, uh, we won't say what number this guy is, just just for the- Do we, okay. you know do we, do we need to say what this guy is? He's not top 10. <laughs> we won't even we won't even say what player it is. We'll talk about him in generalities. And you're gonna have to guess who it is, really, and what number what number he comes in. No, this okay. So there were probably like a I don't know dozen people maybe who voted on yeah. this thing. We had different. Thanks for the invite to the panel, by the way, guys. I, you Aren't know, you doing other things right just now? Wanna, if you just want to be on this shit, you know, you know, you can. Uh, you know, like because you don't actually want to do it. All right, that's right. <laughs> Shovel your shit and try to figure out where Serge Savard belongs on <laughs> the list of the top 100. No, no. Um, but so 100 drops, and it, it is called it's called the NHL 99 because number one is obviously so far and away above everybody else that uh, he gets his own category. Lidstrom, right? Speaking of exactly, uh, you you guessed it, Frank Stallone. <laughs> That was a weekend update reference from 30 years ago. Oh, for before I was born, anybody who anybody, <laughs> anybody who uh, who was who was born after the first Clinton administration. Um. So yeah, it was. I don't know, Don. Like, what did you did you think about the process all that much? <laughs> like, like seriously, when, when we're like, when we're like glad to think you believe you uh, took this as seriously as the rest of us here. I did. I mean, like, because it, it, there was no other way to do mm-hmm. it, right? Because it's something that I think lists like this can be a joke. Like, like they, like they. That's they what we were trying to avoid, though. Throw very away bullshit. Here. Yeah. Throw away bullshit mm-hmm. that nobody takes seriously, let alone the people who are involved with mm-hmm. voting on them or writing them, right? And I think that bleeds through to the quality of the work and the way they're received by by readers. And that was clearly like the last thing that, that was the single thing to avoid, right? So anybody who is maybe in that mindset when it's like, oh God, this is another n- another Zoom call where I got to move stuff around a spreadsheet and get in votes and whatever. Like we were disabused of that notion like very quickly. I think everybody was like, we got to, we owe it to the project and I think to the people who were involved with it, honestly, to take it seriously, even though it seemed like a pain in the ass at points. Yeah, uh, it was a bit, especially like debating uh, certain players where it's like, well, they're 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 both amazing, and I don't want to snub anyone. It's tough when you only have a hundred spots, and you have you're leaving some really good players out. Um, but I thought it was fun. It was a good challenge, especially for me when a lot of the players were playing before I was born. I, I can't fall into the watch the game argument because I didn't watch their games. I was minus seventeen years old for some of them, and mm-hmm. uh, it was a bit tough in that way. But that it's helpful that we had people on the panel who who did watch and who could lend their expertise to that while I sort of looked back on their numbers and try to put it into context within the eras. Right. So yeah, I, you, you had an interest, I, you had Crystal Tang. Like we can, we, we can just come right, and say yeah, it. We won't say, we, okay. we won't say what, that was one of the ones you had to write. Well, we're going from um, like, 100 to 1, and we're starting this week. So that gives you right. some context and, where Chris Letang Chris landed. La- uh, and Chris Letang is number 12. <laughs> I mean, we have him as the 12th wow, greatest NHL player of all time. Sean had him second. <laughs> I had him fourth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But I thought I thought the process for Letang was kind of instructive. Honestly, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's an interesting little... Um, it's like a bellwether, I think, of the way of the way a lot of the way a lot of the voting went because he's on there because of me, you, and Shayna. Yeah, I, we can just come out. We can just come out and say that, like, I, like, and we are not coincidentally. I believe the three youngest people on this on this project. Mm-hmm. We run on and an island for that, yeah. Certain and certain and certainly, you guys are, are the two most analytically savvy people, and I'm so, I'm probably somewhere in the middle. But like, I think that was that was part. It, it, we we had all these discussions, and it started out with like. 
and we could see like where people slotted player X and whatever. And it was so funny to see like, because the three of us had him high. We had Latang certainly yeah. not where he well, not where he ended up running, but it was enough to carry it. Yeah, because because of guys like McIndoe or Ian Mendez or whatever he wasn't he didn't make he didn't make the cut for them. Yeah. Can so. I just before we get into the Latang debate really quick the the parameters of of the project you mentioned there was a cutoff, Sean, and I just want to like mm-hmm. how like even with that, how did you? all like i I get where you want to like you want to like remove all the people from the 1800s and be like no corbett dennehy or whoever but like (laughs) the all the all the all the all the all the all the the jeff merrick players we'll call (laughs) yeah the jeff merrick the team jeff merrick (laughs) so but like how how did you avoid when you're talking about chris letang who we saw like even then you're still going okay i gotta do chris letang versus even like larry robinson or whatever Mm-hmm. What was as a voter before we get to guy like Chris Letang? How how did you factor that in? I mean, we had guys who we. It was a long process. Yeah. Like there was mul- there were multiple multiple sets of meetings where you know we had pr- like preliminary lists, and then we had another one, and then we had another like set of revisions that came after we had. De- I mean, not even debates, but just listened to guys like Eric Tachik or you know, or, or Ian or, or, or these, or these guys who maybe had their own personal preferences or hobby horses or whatever. And I changed, I changed my vote. Cause I, I did you, that's I, what I was me, wondering. Like, was you, were you ever yeah, able did, to go? I okay. I, I moved, I, I moved stuff around. Cause that's the only way you can approach this with any kind of rigor or honesty, right. Is, is you need to be realistic about your own biases and, and whether that's from a, whether that's from a timeline standpoint or whatever, like, of course I think that, you know, Chris Letang is the 72nd best NHL player of all time. Like since 1967, we're the we're or since 1967. Like we're the same age. I grew up in like mm-hmm. I live in Pittsburgh. I watched his entire career. Like I and I have defensible points to make as to why I think he's you know as high as he is on that list. But I'm I'm also aware that you know other people don't feel that way. <laughs> that other people that that other people don't feel that way. Right. I mean, there, and there's names on this list, and Don, like you kind of alluded to this, like there's guys that I just couldn't even. Yeah, I, I couldn't even. I it would be dishonest for me to pretend that I have any true feeling about the placement of Jean Rattel mm-hmm. or whatever. Like I just can't. I'm just not yeah. there. So, and, so for guys like that, that's where I relied, you know, heavily on research and heavily on the word of guys like Eric, who was like the older, you know, the the kind of guardrail for us for lack of a better term, from making this like a bunch of players that, <laughs> yeah, that are yeah. like, were in, that, that are like the oldest guy in there Kale would have McCars. been, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exa- a hundred. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was challenging because a lot of the players are still playing and we didn't mm-hmm. want to have specific reverence to the old guys, the ones who are done their careers, like nostalgia, like, and a lot of us put a bit more weight on a player's peak years so how good oh, they've already been. Um, so someone like McDavid, his five-year peak is already up there with the greats. How do you balance that with the longevity that they had? And I think some of us lean towards peak years. Some of us lean towards longevity. And for a guy like Latang, one of the interesting things was he obviously never won a Norris trophy, but there are probably a few years where... He should have or could have, but injuries gone the way. I think about the 2013 season where he missed 13 games in a 48-game season. That's enough mm-hmm. for him to lose the Norris. And the 2016 Stanley Cup playoffs, me and Sean were talking about this a lot. Like He might have been the best player on the ice a lot of nights. And I think Crosby was amazing, but I think Latang was the guy that year that really brought it home. And he was as good as Duncan Keith was when he won the Conn Smythe, as good as Victor Hedman won when he won the Smythe, and he just, he doesn't have though that trophy cabinet that other defensemen have uh, in his era, but he like we thought was as good as those guys. That was, that was basically the main argument. That was what, that was what the discussion came down to when it came time for me, for me to, you know, on this call to basically explain why, why I had Latang in the seventies or whatever. My stance on it was like, is he Duncan Keith? Like maybe, maybe he's a hair off. Is he Drew Doughty? Is a hair off, but like, it's not that far. So if, so if you have, if you, if you put a ton of stock in those guys production 
in the way they did it, in the time that they did it, in the fact that their careers are, in, in, in at least Audi and Latang's cases, are still ongoing. I don't know how, I, like, to me, I was like, I can't put those guys in the 60s or whatever and then have Latang at 98 or, or off right. the list. That just didn't jive, you know, from a rhetorical mm-hmm. standpoint with me. And it was literally, this is, this was, this was days and days and weeks and weeks of going, of going back and forth over the stuff. Like, you just cut, you have, you have a framework that we're working in with the voting overall. But then within that, I think each person has to have like an individual framework that you set up for yourself to make sure that you're coming at it from consistent way, you know, and in a, from a defensible. Yeah, exactly. From right. like a consistent kind of defensible point. And that doesn't mean that not everybody's, not everybody's going to agree. Not everybody's going to agree there clearly. Like, cause Latang's on there because three of us yeah, had him. We had them all pretty tight too. We, we all had him like mm-hmm. around like 70, 73, 75. Like it wasn't like one of us had him in like, 60 when it was having 80 like we were all like around 70 i thought that was really interesting too it was like he kind of fell in the same spot for mm-hmm. all of us this was not this wasn't me having him at i know John, putting, 10. putting him at 12 that's not, <laughs> but that like that's not what it was he was just he was in the 70s and it just so happened that yeah you know i the three of us all had him in the same in the same you know region. yeah and i i did lean a lot towards players of this era i think it is a very impressive for a player to be good in this era uh, with such a mm-hmm. like it's the players are as, as good as they've probably ever been. I think athletes are just in general better than they've ever been. And I did lean a lot on peak years and someone I had on my list was Leon Dreisaitl. He won a heart. He has an art Ross. His trophy cabinet is pretty good. His peak years are great. And he, I'm not going to, I, I guess I'm spoiling it now, but he didn't make, the list where someone young, like I think Shana might've had him as well. Like someone from the younger side who tried to shuffle in some players from this current era, they would have had him on the list and he maybe he just doesn't make it because there is a bit of reverence to longevity of career. And that's where having all these different people voting is I think important because it, it does show that even with people like me and Shana putting in some of the younger players that's still a, a high bar to clear for someone as already accomplished as, as dry cycle is to not make it. But don't you run the risk? Like I remember the NHL did their version around whatever anniversary that was. We were at that all-star game in LA and, and, mm-hmm. and you run the risk of like, even though you could argue every player right now is better than anybody who played in the sixties or whatever, which is pro- you, you could do that all day, I guess. Um, you still run the risk of saying, you know, Mike Richards is in the top 100 or whatever weird yeah, yeah. things happened because in that moment in time, you see this, this player you see every day, you just love and, and really, but they're really at the end of the day, not a top I, I 100 player. I honestly don't think, yeah, I honestly don't think we have any of those. Yeah, we, like, really? I, I, like you I'm, think that this list is going to stay on the test? Of t- like I, I'm going to go back and look at any, theirs. I, I don't there think was, there's anybody yeah, yeah. like egregious. The, the yeah. bottom 10, the bottom 10 is of course going to be arguable. Like there's going to be people out there that, laugh whenever they see that we have Chris Letang in 99 like it's fine yeah but like at a certain point it's pretty there's no uh, extreme extremely bias here but I I don't I'm I don't think there's any egregious mishaps and the other thing is that that you need to account for and this is something where the NHL got burned because the whole process including ours is taking these this stuff doesn't just happen overnight right it takes a while to get the panel together and it takes a while to have the discussions and it takes a while to get like really boring under the hood stuff like marketing and like in figuring right. out the right date to deploy this and all this stuff like that's been going on with this project for the last six months or however long it is. We are now vote like this list was voted on and finalized in the spring. Right. Right. So we needed to, that was what I think, the flip side of the coin of being like, oh god, we can't be prisoners at the moment and put Mike Richards is the. Or he was, I don't think he was out of there. I was just trying to think. Of, I felt like there was a couple where you're like, oh, they had a great postseason this year. <laughs> yeah, right. It, totally. <laughs> um, but the flip side is like you got to make sure that you don't that you keep a long view on the arc of these players' career, and, and you yeah. got to account for if you believe that Kale McCarr is going to be. Because again, this was like. This was around the. I was honestly, it was, I think it was around the All Star mm-hmm. break. Like, McCarr hadn't completely ran and hid with the Norris, and he certainly hadn't done what he did in the in the in the, in the postseason, yeah. right? Like, there was stuff that was happening where, like, 
what if play, if player X gets another cup? If player X ends up winning an award, like what happens if over this, these next 60 games we're going to watch from these guys, like something significant happens? And I know, Dom, like this, you and I talked about yeah. this, there was legitimate like angst over potentially looking stupid because we have Kill McCarr ranked too low at, or whatever. That might be a great example, but but a player right. like that ranked too low after having like some insane, crazy like Matthews. Austin Matthews is probably the best example. Yeah. I'm not going to say it where he even allude to where he ended up because like that's going to be one of the fun. Yeah, he's he's one actually. <laughs> uh, uh, but like that was part of it. Like we're like, do we just account for the fact that this guy is going to fucking score? You know, sixty. At that point, we're like, is he going to score seventy goals? Mm-hmm. Like, like what's like what's what's going to go on here that we need to that we need to deal with? I know for me and you particularly, like we were just yeah. agonizing over that. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I I remember around that the time we voted, like he was in the thick of the Hart Trophy race, and we're like, what happens if he wins a Hart Trophy? Because one of the things we did before the voting process was just to get everyone to have a collection of names. Was me and Shayna put together a a spreadsheet where we sort of we used uh gsva uh up until we have it in the analytics era and then we used a estimate for it using hockey references point shares and that was our way of i guess comparing eras and the other thing we did was we had a point system for trophies so if a player has a lot of art rosses uh heart trophies, whatever, they get a certain amount of points for that compared to if they had a second team all-star, which might be lower in priority or whatever. And which, which is similar to what John Hollinger did, yeah. who ran up, who uh, did a bunch of stuff with the NBA project, which ran last, it started last yeah, fall, last I yeah. believe. Yeah. Um, he had goat points and that was, which is some, you know, Hollinger, he's a genius. Yeah. Um, and the, but this was sort of the analog that you guys. Yeah, similar. Yeah. You know, and for like the current players, like I, I remember we had a, a debate about how high to rank McDavid even. And we're like, look at his trophy case. He's already got as many acc- accolades as some like Guy Lafleur, And he's mm-hmm. nowhere close to being finished his career. Like how high do you put a guy like that? Matthews doesn't have that many trophies, but what if he gets another Richard this year? What if he wins the heart? What if he has this big season where he's a first team all-star and all of that? And he he did, and his trophy case looks a lot fuller now because of this big season. And maybe if we did the the voting in July instead of February, the list looks a little different. But that's not something that we can really do, right? Well, it's it wouldn't it wouldn't look that much different because yeah. you can't get any higher than number one, and that is where Austin Matthews is. True. He is the greatest hockey player of all time. <laughs> of all, time. <laughs> all right. Um, so that it rolls out. The, the last thing on Latang, though, and it's funny as you guys were talking about. I was trying to see his highest Norris total. I think he finished third in that shortened season mm-hmm. uh, behind Suter and Subban. He, but when I the thing I noticed about him is he was never even a first team All Star. Mm-hmm. So not only did not win a was he not a first team All Star that year? <laughs> oh, I guess because he was third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not again. Not that that matters. Teams, but yeah. he, you know, but the so that was interesting to me. So there was never a point. Where he was considered one of the you know couple best defensemen in the league that year, which is not you know that's just an observation. But the other thing is he has a decade of getting top five or six Norris trophy, right. trophy votes. That's pretty like yeah. That's the flip side of it, right? Like this guy has been one of the best defensemen in the league since he was twenty three or whatever. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna gas up Dom too because Dom because the story that you ended up writing about Latang is is uh, you've seen it. Yeah, oh yeah. He helped oh, with it. I've he seen helped it. with yeah. it. He <laughs> Oh, I've seen it. Uh yeah, Dom got a Dom got some input from a from a unimpeachable source on the greatness mm-hmm. of Chris yeah. Tang. I'll, I'll say yeah. that. Kind of look like Chris Tang. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to get it all the time in bars in Pittsburgh. People people always watch me walk here and they go, "Is that yeah. Is that Chris Tang?" But, but he sounds like Phil. But Phil, it's the great <laughs> yeah. combination. Is that, is that dream Chris combo. Connor? <laughs> Sorry, did we interrupt? Was, Go ahead. Did I ever tell you that? Whenever, when I was, when I, whenever the the Penguins had a bunch of even more short, dark haired dudes with beards than they normally had, mm. which is like probably five years ago, um, I walked, I walked in the play, in like the, I was walking through the through the tunnels before a game, and some and some kid turned to his dad and he said, "Is that Chris Connor?" <laughs> and Chris Connor is like famous, like famous five foot six 
scrub, you know, 13th forward for the Penguins. So that's, that's who I, that, that's who I got mistaken. Mark Donk energy. Mark Donk. Is that, is that, bu- daddy, is that Buzz Flivet? <laughs> Um, sorry, you were gonna get you were gonna we're you were gonna gas t- up Dom's the the, the the piece. Yeah, he did great because it was it was a it was a good argument made that hit on the points that need to be defended regarding Chris Letang. If you think that he's you know one of the hundred best NHL players of all time, which is like didn't have a Norris was you know was always sort of third or fourth or fifth like in in a discussion in a given year but dom dom hit all the points yeah i think his injuries played a role with the norris mm-hmm. discussions because he missed at least like 10 15 games a year during his peak and when mm-hmm. we vote we do think about total value rather than value per game and Latang was always up there and if he played a full 82 he's he might get a few more nominations but he obviously didn't and that plays a role in his reputation, but if you look over like the like his entire career of what he was able to do, I think it stands up to the the greats of this generation among defensemen. And this was a great generation for defensemen. Yeah, it was. That's kind of a fun thing to talk about. But all right, we we've already gone too long in this segment, and we, without even <laughs> anything really to debate about yet. But we'll have Dom. We'll have you back back on when we can really argue when it gets uh, because what I am just fascinated about the like. The fact that there's going to be players, especially in this top or the you know the first ten or fifteen, where they weren't even on people's lists, like you know mm-hmm. I'm sure it's crazy, which I which I love, like and and maybe we could we can really get into that when we get down the list. But Dom, thanks for doing this. I, I know it's uh, a holiday. I know you're a huge baseball fan, Blue Jays. Uh, <laughs> tough. Just, you know, I'm sure I'm there's crushed. a lot of reasons for crushed you to not Sean want to work today, so. <laughs> so I mean yeah. the the big the big thing is that. He allowed himself to be manipulated by the puppet master of the Chris Letang defense squad. <laughs> Big win. Big win, Big win for the team. I, I don't know do why you time. think I'm not part of the, the puppet master team. <laughs> That's what they all say. All right. Anytime with you guys, especially Sean, my, my best friend. You guys, I love, I love this bromance. It warms my heart. Mm. Don't you guys have power rankings yeah. to write today? <laughs> oh, man. We're kicking that can down the road right. for as long as we can, brother. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. See you, Dom. See you guys. I guess I shouldn't say see you guys. I'm not going anywhere. See you guys. I, I still have a, <laughs> I still have another segment to record. Coming yeah. up next, <laughs> what some are calling the only good segment. <laughs> First time you've ever gotten it right. We'll be right back. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIP. This is the only good segment on the show. Calling a little bit of an audible based on our setup, I guess, in the first segment. We're not talking about predictions here. <laughs> you don't have that kind of power to just, just decide I, that, Sean. You know what? Guess what? You're fired, wow. too. How about oh, that? That hurts. <laughs> That's hurtful. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do that in the in the Apple Podcast Plus. That's us this week, folks. Here. 
Yeah, because we got too we got too mad talking about Ian Cole and talked for twenty five minutes about that or whatever. So sorry, sorry, not sorry. If you want to read, if you want to read this, if you want to read the prediction post, it's on it's on the site. There's two of them. Uh, Patrick D. Fun fact, of course. I you know what? Keep forgetting to say this. Yeah, this is from the comment section That's right. on the app. This is where you folks go. You ride a gondola over. <laughs> Over a river, uh-huh. drop down into a little wooded glen. Mm-hmm. Pick you, there's a rock. There's a big rock. Mm-hmm. You pick up the rock, and there's a hole under the rock where you go down into the into the, into the tunnels mm. for the comment section, and then you leave us stuff, and we and we and we talk about it, and that's what we do for 15 minutes at the end of the show. How many people do you think actually do like? Do you think it's the same eight people leaving multiple comments, or do you I think? I think I think we I think we know who the who the usual suspects okay. are here, but I don't know. We get 20, 20 to thirty. I don't. I can't believe it. It's not easy to do every week. It's not easy. I still don't know how. No, I can't even read. <laughs> Patrick D says, "Fun fact: I was the person that came up to Sean on the street in Pittsburgh. And I said I was a big, big, strong guy, big, large guy. <laughs> that was saying D? it, saying it more. It was Patrick D." It was a couple weeks before that before that piece dropped. Wow, wow, very big, very strong. Nick K, a Sean sounds Sean sounds shorter than five ten. I, I agree, agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. He is shorter I sound than five like ten. I sound like a little kid. I sound shorter than five ten, but you know what? Not shorter than five ten. Okay. People at this company have have me- have measured me back to the wall. Really, seen that I'm seen that I'm multiple. Well. At our house, Tyler, we have. Um, Ty, how about how about this? Tyler Batiste, mm-hmm. NBA managing editor, uh-huh. measured measured me in a bar a couple years ago. Did not believe I was five ten. Guess what? We'll have to. Brother, I'm going to Tyler on to, to discuss uh, this. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, he's busy. Leave him alone. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this. At my house, we have you know a, a door jam where we put everyone's heights in pen like around the house. We have one of Sean. At- <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm shorter than I'm shorter than shorter, shorter than Calvin. Yeah, it's like Calvin and Sean, and it's it's adorable. <laughs> he was five foot three at the time. Um, um, keep reading Nick K's comment because I like where I like where he. Comments. Oh yeah, the only people who reference the national average height for men is not five point nine five or people below five ten. I agree. That's typically typically those are the people who, who mention that, but uh, not me because I'm five ten. Also says that Craig sounds nice, which, yeah. Thanks, Nick. That's how he gets you. <laughs> <laughs> we got Morgan coming. I start talking about your buddy, John Ham. Oh, yeah, John. I just, Could we just we care we spend, about him. That's all. We spent six, six, six weeks wishing the best, or six minutes wishing the best for John Ham last, last week. And I do love, I do love John Ham. I am going to see the Fletch movie. I've enjoyed plenty of his work over the years great comedy bang bang guests yes etc but i forgot this craig i forgot a blotch blotch blot not a word splotch not a word black mark Mm -hmm. on his resume john ham should get all the this is this is morgan john ham should get all the professional failures he can after jobbing jack hughes out of the shootout contest in vegas which is true Mm. at the all-star game Whenever that happened, because he he goosed it up for whichever whichever blue is involved, I believe. Well, if you invite John Ham, yeah, I actually say I like him more because of that. Because he says I am such a diehard blue. If you're going to ask me to be a judge, I am not going to stop being a Blues fan. He's going to stack the cards for for Robert Thomas or or whoever O'Reilly, whatever it was at that point. Very funny line from Morgan. Some things are just sacred, such as prop related fake penalty shot contests. I mean, very true. true. Very true. If not that, if we don't have that, what do we have? Um, he did rob Trevor Zegers, according to Richard does. So it wasn't American Jack, it was Trevor, Trevor Zegers. Doesn't matter. Those guys are the same. Emily L says, "Can we get Keith on every week?" And this is in reference to <laughs> Keith Kachuk, <laughs> love to, who called himself. We were talking about how he's a blue collar yacht trip taker. Just a great <laughs> interview. Really- uh, just uh, everything about it from him saying, you know, not. Like my favorite part, like after thinking about it, was talking about how, like the huge favor they did the Flames, and he's basically saying, "Boy, could we have? Uh-huh. Oh, boy, did we do them well?" And he's right. That was a ten spoiler, out of ten. Spo- spoiler alert for my NHL season season projections. There season predictions. Oh, really? Keith Keith Kachuk. 
Ooh, I love I love me some flam this year, brother. But yeah, of course we can get him on every week. Of course you he's can. gonna sub for he's gonna sub for uh, for one of us every week. It's gonna be Craig and Keith, and then me and Keith, mm-hmm. and then Craig and Keith. Hey. And we're not gonna pay him either. No, you know why? Because he's rich. He made seventy-eight million. What did he decide he made in the course of his career? <laughs> like Million dollars. Eighty million eighty mil. He's but he's still got to pay for his kids' private yachts. So that's that's you know the cost of doing business. Connor R, the boys hashtag two J boys three Z's mm-hmm. really earned those extra Z's this week. I don't know if that means extra because it was put them asleep or yeah, <laughs> they're. No, Z's, hold on. I think Z's mm-hmm. to me are like the Buckeyes on an Ohio State helmet. You have a good, uh, perfect. You have a good yeah. podcast episode, Buckeye. <laughs> we, we're gonna when when we go over this in tape. We have video day on on Wednesday uh-huh. where where we go over our, our best plays from from the pod before. Their constant bickering and Craig's inability to not mention Wilco mm, or bass. music to my ears, dude. We're on a streak. This is like. Probably seven out of ten. The last episodes we've done, you, you've, you've, you've mentioned you've mentioned Welcome one way or another. Is that true? I mean, I, I yeah. don't doubt it. Well, but, well, I I shouldn't just say you. Um, both of us, <laughs> we both talk about them a lot. You saying next week we'd seen a dissertation on the '90s punk revival from Sean, which mm-hmm. if I can find a way to link that to hockey, which God knows I've done, I've done more ridiculous things in the past. Can I just say, uh, produ- t- I'm going to put the gauntlet down to producer Jeff. Just throwing this out there, producer Jeff. If you get Jeff Tweedy on, that's you earn a Buckeye. Yeah, Jeff Tweedy, big 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 black hockey, guy. big hockey. Fan. Loves the Blackhawks. He's he's got big thoughts on, you know, Danny, Danny Savard or whatever. Uh, Connor A is bringing up the Russo Army, which I've brought up multiple times. Just be careful if you bring up the Russo Army. Be prepared for what comes next. We may take over Tipsy McSwaggers, mm-hmm. Connor. Wrong, yeah, really. wrong. McStaggers. So you can go to, you can have Tipsy McSwaggers. Learn your, learn your Tipsy McStaggers reference. Learn your Simpsons references, and make it a Minnesota Wild Bar just for fun. Um, I have no doubt that I will say I have no doubt that whatever bar they go to, be it Tipsy McSwaggers or McStaggers, that the Russo Army can pretty much. It's like it's they're kind of like the Hell's Angels. Kind of, you know, whenever like whenever like bikers take over a bar or whatever, you're like I can't go there anymore. So if we ever do a except this way, except this with like passive aggressive people from, uh, you know, War Road, Minnesota, with mm. home of uh, uh, Yoshi. If we ever do a, a Tuesday sh- boys meetup or when at Tipsy McStaggers, I think we get Russo's army to guard it, like uh. What was he? Yeah, uh, like at Altamont. Yeah, yeah that's right. That, that's right. That worked. That worked out well, yeah. right? Whatever happened. Whatever happened with those folks? Um, Slurms McKenzie's telling. How about this? So Slurms McKenzie is telling us to carry cash all the time, like a couple hundred at all times. Like the Will Ferrell. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, Jeff. Here, Slurms says. Jeff. <sighs> Jeff. What? Because I was talking about. Oh, we were talking about Canadian money. That's that's why that's that's why I brought that up. Uh, I do carry cash all the time because my name ends in a vowel. Do you really? Yep. I always have a certain amount of money on me. Thousands. Rob me if you see me on the street. Yeah, jeez. Where are you located right now? Blurred background. That uh, is none of your business. A friend of mine, her dad always wears like gold around, like thick gold <sighs> chains around his neck. Just yeah, in case he ever has to pay suits. people yeah. off. Like that's well, like not because he's it's just, he's just like, what if I get caught at the border and I just need to I'm like who that we're thinking in those terms ever? Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking like that. I always have anytime I travel, I have money on me. Like money, money on me. Why would that? why would you say this publicly? <laughs> I don't care. It's not it's, it's it's really not that. If much. you see it's a not, guy in Pittsburgh couple, who looks like it's Chris not a couple hundred dollars, but like yeah, right. And it's five ten exactly. Not five uh, right on the right right on the nose. Um, Corey says, "Craig, I'm sorry. I thought it was a job requirement for any plus thirty five year old sports writer to be well versed in nineties wrestling knowledge." Which that was mm, when I I made I made a someone made a Marty Jannetty reference and I brought I brought up the Rockers. The the reference there, by the way, is that is that Marty Jannetty and Shawn Michaels were on a tag team in the early nineties. 
and Shawn Michaels just kind of squeezed out Marty Jannetty. And Shawn Michaels ended up becoming, you know, one of the one of the great stars of the '90s and aughts in wrestling. And Marty Jannetty's just a guy. And I'm Marty Jannetty in this scenario. That's right. No, you just need to be careful. Oh gosh, another threat. Be careful, Corey. Like Apology is accepted. Here's <laughs> what, what do we say? Don't, don't walk past any don't open windows or barbershops. Corey's saying, <laughs> "Don't don't do that." Also, um, sports writers talk about. What we won't do on this show is talk about Bruce Springsteen like sports old sports writers like to do. Because no, we'll I, talk about I've, Wilco like the young hip sports. Yeah, writers like right. To do. Yeah, <laughs> the, like the people who's yeah. There's uh, I was gonna I was gonna say the sons of people who talk about Springsteen, but it's more like mm, the nephews. Yeah, I feel that's right. <laughs> Richard S says the the Kachucks are everyone's favorite players to hate. This interview with Keith made the whole family far too lovable, and I do not appreciate that. That's a good point. If you don't True. like the Kachucks, it's always like when you, you know, like people always hated Shane Doan, and you're like, oh, wait, Shane Doan, you know, when when you hear him, he seems really nice. Pair that. He's one of those guys, Shane Doan is one of those guys, you, whenever he talks, whenever you talk to him, you can see why he got a free pass from, from sports writers, for, from media people for 30 years. He's that nice. He's that you're nice. like you're that's like, because like, it was always like why why, why does he, he? How come we're not calling that hit over ever, the edge? We're like <laughs> wait a second. Why does he never cross well, the line? Yeah, really yeah, close, but yeah. doesn't quite get there. Yeah. Pair that yeah. with I don't know what this hashtag is. Friday noise is that a is that a thing you guys have come up with on Fridays? Um, the interview with Rod Brindamore presenting oh, yeah. him as one no, of the most congenial not, people that's alive, a good. and I'm shook. I just want to know the Kachucks as dirtbag pests and Rod as a McKinnon level psycho with washboard abs. Is that too much to ask? Percep- perception is reality, but you should know that Brady Kachuk is like a very nice dude. Uh, Matthew, I feel like I feel like Keith sort of spilled the beans on that one. Yeah, he said that he said that he said that Matthew would beat up Brady because he's a jerk. Basically, is is what <laughs> is what is what the takeaway does. And Brady and Brady's too nice. Shanna says, "Love the interview with Big Walt." I wanted wanted to give us a lot of credit for not calling him Big Walt, trying to be you know a little bit professional. It is really hard. Really hard, but we're pros. That here. If nothing else, not, we're proper okay. Journalists. So that's still that's still a nickname. You can't really. I'm not down with that stuff, obviously. But he's almost past the threshold there. I think he's like he's not playing he's anymore. First off, he's, he's not, old. He's so he's, he's, he's he's retired. Um, and it just kind of like replaced his big wall. It almost replaced his name. Not quite, but those are those are tough. D- don't call players by the nickname. Makes you look a dork. Uh, David, how long until Maddie Beneers is the most marketable American on an American team? Hmm. And who is the current top three? Is this one of those where we say, we're not going to answer now, we're going to answer later? Because it's a great question and then, then never, we never and then, answer? And then, and then never, and then never, never actually, never actually do. Okay, so we let's just go, let's go through the list currently. I mean, obviously, unfortunately. Uh, Austin Matthews does not yet count because He's not. it is not it is not the year twenty twenty four. He has not signed a deal with the with the Arizona Coyotes. Jack Hughes, um, Jack for sure. Zegers for sure. Zegers, right? Mark in terms of marketability. Um, I think you know, uh, family member Dylan Larkin. I think if the Red Wings get good, he's, he's yeah. got a lot of marketability. He's, all those guys, I think. I think me and you talked about that at some point about just the wings in general. Is like, I think maybe we talked about it when we were doing like a free agency preview or something, and we saw it. We saw like with all the guys, maybe they weren't there was there wasn't like the huge fish that Iserman went out and got, but guys are going to want to play there. There's going to be a that the, the team's going to be good, and b the amount of money that 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 you're going to be able to make on the side playing there. It's going to be like significant. Um. I mean, Phil's marketable in his own way, and he's he's playing he's playing for an American team in his own way. <laughs> you have to it, to be a little bit marketable. You have to want to be part of the process, right? Like Phil doesn't have any interest in being marketable. The problem is that, like, I, I we'll see what happens with with Matthew Kachuk because right? I think by a lot of accounts that seems like that's something he was interested in. Right? It was being being a the best player oh, yeah. on a, on a on a big market team, but I, I think he's I think he's mixed in there. We'll see how we'll see how that goes because they're still they're still building something in South Florida to the point where I'm not sure I'd be comfortable calling anybody on that team all that marketable. But 
he'll be in the discussion. That's good. I, yeah, thank, I mean, ESPN, this is on them to really, they got to pick somebody and just blow it up. I mean, with all the promos from Turner and all that. The problem is that the player, is that the player team fits just, it's not weird. It's not, just not great. If you held people down and like, whatever, made them tell the truth, uh, you would not have Jack Hughes in Jersey or Trevor Zegers in Anaheim. It's all these weird, yeah, 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 yeah. It's tough. It's, or even even Matthew Kachuk in Florida. It's tough. What about honorary American Cal McCarr because he went to college? (laughs) He's right there. You know, I think, man, I don't know. I we, we had the we saw the McKinnon Tim the new the new batch of, of uh, Tim Hortons commercials. Mm. McKinnon very McKinnon very funny. Some Matthews came up and screwed with them in the in, in the drive in the drive through. That was that's one of those things where you're like, can't you guys just can't we figure out how to do this like a few more times and show that and like show that these guys have a pulse and they're not and they're not robots. Be great. And it was like, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with yeah. Kale's Kale's half hours. I agree. Micah R. with the final message here, unless you wanted to pick another one. Between all the talk of Kachuk's and Haley and Sean's third segment on Friday, I'm reminded of a question I've had all offseason. A question only the Tuesday boys, 3Z, unless we earn a fourth one today with a Buckeye, can definitively answer. And the only question about Calgary that actually matters, are the Flames still honorary Americans without Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau? If not, who takes their place as the most American Canadian hockey team? And this is uh, it's a good question on on uh, Canadian Thanksgiving, the most American of Canadian holidays. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if it could be the. I don't think it can be Calgary anymore. Yeah, you're right. Even though you picked them, you love. You're all in I mean, on the flames. I, yeah, right. I mean, things things change. Like my. You know, just just because I think a team is really good doesn't mean that they they can be honorary I, American. I, I think you're right. I'm I'm Mike blind. Right. I'm I'm a I'm nationally blind on stuff like that because mm. I am I am a professional. I don't know. It still should be them. I feel like just because we branded um, them that. No, I mean, like we like we need to find. I mean, find a team that has. It might be. It might be the Senators. I was just gonna say. I think it's the Senators. It might be the Senators. I, Canucks are probably Canucks, Canucks are probably in the in, well. In I mean, the Canucks have Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, yeah. Tyler Myers is a Avzi, I think. That's right, isn't he? Texas, he's, he's Texas one of the, guy. I think he's a Texas. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Let's go through real quick. Actually, we're 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 going to skip two of the names on this list. Uh, Josh Norris, American. Shane Pinto, American. Mm-hmm. I think we have our answer here. Brady. I mean the Kachuk, whenever they whenever the they whenever they trade for Chikrin, whenever they trade for Chikrin, who's one of our Canadian American Canadians Americans, Jake Jake Sanderson, future mm. legend. This is yeah, it. it's obviously the these are the guys. Yeah, these are the guys. Congratulations! I'm gonna have to. Time. I'm gonna have to like the Flames were easy to root for. I'm gonna have to like change some senators. I've got some. You know, there's some. <clears throat> yeah, bang off some rust there to to cheer on the senators. Mm. The Melnick daughters seem like that's what. Yeah, seem like. Uh, also, I think we're in the we're too soon for them to be good phase. So, like everyone's like fired up about mm-hmm. the senators this year. I don't think we're there yet. So, no, but they would not, the, not yet. To answer Micah's question, it's them. <laughs> when are we talking about the senators? I'm I'm sorry to the Calgary Flames. You'll just have to subsist on being my choice to win the Stanley Cup, which is coming to Apple Podcast. That's right. Plus. That's a good. Sean and I are the Apple Podcast Plus Athletic Audio Plus bonus episode. Uh, we were gonna, we are gonna take our season predictions over there. Uh, if you want to get the thirty day free trial, go sign up, and then it's just ninety nine cents after that. Also, oh, also thank you to everyone who left comments. Go leave a comment. Go to the Athletic app. Click on podcast um, or audio or something. There's like Whatever. some headphones. <laughs> Then details. Then Def- find our definitely episode. Used, definitely, definitely used to be headphones. There, I don't know if they're uh, there anymore. Um, click on the Dom there's episode. Simply, <laughs> there's simply no way to know. Oh yeah, no. Uh, also, Rob Pizzo, Mike Russo, 
and Joe Smith are doing the Wednesday roundtable. Tuesday, the Tuesday boys are going to be mm-hmm. uh, Ian and Julian tomorrow. Weird. Do you call them that? They're gonna they're gonna come up with some bullshit that disrespects us. Um, Mark my words. All right. That's what I say. That's what I say about those two. Mean. Two mean guys. So mean those two. Also, uh, <laughs> smash the <laughs> smash the subscribe button. <laughs> are we really doing this? Do these videos exist? I tried oh to find gosh. them yesterday. So I don't know how to really, like, again, I don't know how to find this, but it, those of you who are YouTube literate, find us and subscribe because apparently that's a thing. So I, I did look it up to say, okay, I would, I should do follow my own advice and subscribe. I, and, and there's an athletic YouTube, which we're on. Like, like I'm like, oh. Yeah, this- it was like us talking about Johnny Gaudreau or whatever. Yeah, but. No one gave me the heads up. I barely, I, I'd shower before we recorded these if I knew it was going to go on YouTube. No, you wouldn't. And like all the comments were about Sean's boy, appearance. That boy, that boy like, What's wrong with yeah, that guy? Really? What's wrong with this guy? I'm like, what is, is everything all right with the second guy asking Johnny no, it's Joe not. questions? No, it's not. And that's. Things aren't great. <laughs> so subscribe. Smash and pound <laughs> and whatever else you do. Ring the bell. And ring the bell. Also. The offer is still standing. Those of you who waited to the last possible moment to subscribe to The Athletic for just a dollar a month for six months, go to theathletic.com slash hockey show and you too. And subscribe to The Athletic. Can Leave comments. Join the Craig and Sean Army of Champions. Special thanks to Dom. Special thanks to producer Jeff for getting uh, Tweety for next week. And... <laughs> My co-host, Sean Gentilly, could be anywhere in the world with that blurred background. Have a great week. Simply, simply know what to say. Don't eat too much turkey today, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) On whatever day today is.